Path Girl, I had a three-minute write Path Girl a song challenge. Ooh, I'm okay. I'm curious. And so this is it. I literally, uh, three minutes. It's going to be good. It's for you. Here we go. Aw. You're my little sexy mouth jockey, Path Girl. Put your mouth on my cocky, will you, Path Girl? Just one little suck, cause I've been down on my luck. If that's awkward for you, then hey, how about one little fuck? I'll take what I can get from you, Path Girl. <laughs> I'm a mouth jockey? That's a very interesting way to put it. <laughs> I pretty much, you know if I have a three-minute write-a-song challenge, that mm-hmm. it's, I'm just going to go pretty much straight to sexual harassment, and that's... Because that's my that's my wheelhouse. That's a. Uh, it's from you. It's okay. <laughs> I I I know. And by the way, I yes. almost want to do a topic on sexual harassment because I'm of the opinion. Uh, maybe it's not even the opinion. It's not sexual harassment until someone tells you to stop. True. The second someone tells you to stop, and then you do it again, now it's harassment. I I would agree with that. Yeah. Because you have the ability, you have freedom of speech. We can go up to someone and say, hey, do you want to have sex? And you're like, no, get the fuck away from me. Now, then if you're at work, um, if you're in certain professional settings or things like that, then you can't say anything. Right. And then it's harassment um, because you're not supposed to say those things. But um, I think harassment comes after you say, no, this is unwelcome. Or whatever. I guess you can call it whatever the fuck you want, but it's a great way to start a show on uh, <laughs> on, an un, on an unthought of thought. That's uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and crack open my diet soda here, and uh, oh, as we yeah. go screeching off into the ditch, <laughs> into the ditch. Maybe we should just start a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised, and if you don't like it. Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. We had a song. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the dangerously destructive show where we focus on kink, sex, the human mind, and and wow, stuff. yeah, it's going to be that show. I'm <laughs> Count yeah. Boogie. Recording on Zencaster from opposite sides of the globe and into your kinky thoughts. I'm Path Girl. What? And I'm Count. But wow. <laughs> I'm really, it's going to be that shit. You really want that that diet soda or you think you need something stronger? (laughs) Jesus. Almost 11 years without stronger, but God damn it. We're still, uh, we're still uh, living the dream here. I'll just stick with my diet soda. No, other than being very chaotic, um, Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a pretty good week. A lot of music and stuff like that. But what's going on with you? 
Um, it's been pretty chaotic with me too. I uh, haven't had a chance to meet up with Donna's, but I am going to a St. Patty's Day uh, themed kink party on Saturday night. Arr. And I have some nice, yes, yes. So you can pinch me even though I'm not Irish. I love it. <laughs> can they pinch your taint though? That's the important thing. Oh, red. No, red, red. Ow, 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 ow. Yeah, your kink's not my kink. Your kink's not Come my on, kink. Come okay. on. Good old taint <laughs> pinch that makes everybody happy. Oh, no, 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 no. What if they just pinch like one finger in the pooter hole and then one in the cooter hole and then went in about two inches and then rubbed fingers together through that wall well th- that would be okay that would be okay. very nice but <laughs> look pinch, at the difference that area yeah just, look oh. at how we just uh, just a couple inches kids goes from <laughs> fuck no to well yeah sure that well, sure. duh <laughs> you didn't say that idiot <laughs> Well, I have my reservation in with Doc to be put up on the cross and be beaten into submission. So, yay, I'm very looking forward to that. And hopefully I'll have some nice kinky fuckery with Donis when I get home later that night. That sounds like an uh, amazing, amazing time. We have a heck of a show today. Um, We have uh, a new sexy listener segue with uh, Lady Loki coming up a little bit later where we're going to talk about all things because she's relatively new. And so she had all these different questions. And so that's going to be a real fun segment. Keep listening for that. And then, of course, uh, you and I are going to dig into some of the magic. And that's coming up. Well, fuck, I guess. When sex said from your grandma does not suffice, go to Perverted Podcast for some fucking advice. So. We have a letter, and by the way, thank you so much to all of our listeners who have been sending us all the uh, letters at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com asking us for advice, and keep them coming, please. Yes, uh, it's, so like we we a- almost, it's like we almost have a show now. Yes, yes, thank <laughs> you so much. listeners that are involved. I just get more excited because it's so validating. It's like, see, see, people do listen. Those, they these like are, us. They these really, are other- really like us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a like or just an addictive tolerance. Like some people have been around for a long time listening mm-hmm. to us and they're just like, well, that's like my lot in life. So you're equating us to Stockholm Syndrome where basically they're captive and have no place else to go. Kind of. And I'm okay <laughs> with that. So am I. <laughs> you know, I have lowered my uh, my personal standards uh, mm-hmm. as far as what I want to see myself as. And if they're listening because they feel trapped, then uh, welcome to your dungeon. In more ways than one. So we have a letter from um, Mr. G in Denmark, and he had something he wanted to run by. He said, I wanted to bounce something off you guys and get your take on things. My slave and I are regular attendees at our local dungeon. She's part of the bar staff team, and I'm a mentor slash group expert out there. We are high protocol, and I guess now what's known as old guard. Last week, we were out having a play night. While my slave was out having a vape, a dom, and I deliberately used the small letter D, approached her saying that him and his wife had seen her behind the bar and they both thought she was pretty and invited her to a threesome. I've never seen them before. She didn't tell me till later that evening. The next day I posted on our Facebook page that once again, a so-called Dom had approached my collared S type and was way out of order. In my opinion, this is disrespectful to the master sir and the S type and also the sanctity of the collar piss poor etiquette protocol and decency. I had a huge number of likes, but a few negatives. One guy wrote, I'm not part of anyone's game and they will never tell me who I can talk to. Another was, I should grow a thicker skin. But the essence of my annoyance is this. 
when would it ever be okay to approach a stranger, stranger and say, we think you're good looking and we want you to join us for sex? And why isn't the caller as respected as much today? I'm interested in your take on this, but as a footnote, our dungeon is also opening up to the swinger crowd. Could this be diluting the basic foundations of the BDSM environment? Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts when I read this. Well, I had a lot of thoughts. Um, I don't think, and I did have some communication with the posters, longtime listeners, great guy. And, uh, and it, it hurt my heart, but at the same time, it also have to throw some reality checks in there yes. uh, because of where this was taking place and, uh, and the expectations that we sometimes have. I have, I'll tell you real quick, uh, an instance that I had, and I don't even have to give details, but it was long ago when I first got in, uh, I had expectations of how things were supposed to be because some people that I associated with put those expectations in my head. Like this is, Mm -hmm. these are etiquettes and things that you should watch out for. And then I had somebody who was not in my circle, um, challenge those etiquettes with somebody who wasn't even at the time, my official relationship, just Mm -hmm. someone that I played with. And I remember I got very upset and it turned into this whole debate and argument with this person that lasted a few days. And, uh, and I learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the angles I'm going to come from dealing with expectations. So why don't you go ahead and start first and then I'll okay. go after that. I just want to give a 30 second synopsis to the newer listeners who may not know the term old guard. It refers to the older generation of people who practice BDSM. Many were ex-military men and like the coming back from the thirties and forties when right. kink was still really secretive. It's uh, an idea that there's a hierarchy to BSM. People normally have to earn the leathers that they're wearing. They normally would start as a bottom or a submissive to work their way to becoming a master. You didn't just walk in, become a dom or a master. And uh, they were run by appointed people in a group. Um, Mm. Many of the old guard traditions have evolved into modern biker and gay culture and then obviously into the leather clubs of today. But the most important aspect of old guard is respect. And I hope it wasn't disrespectful with that very brief synopsis, but people of old guard have a high level of respect for their submissives and for other people in the community. And they try to act like that way toward everyone. Fantastic that you threw that in there. That was actually fucking amazing historically. Uh, Thank you for throwing that in. That's actually really good to understand, to get a background of where some of his headspace is. Yeah, exactly. From his headspace. Absolutely. So go ahead and continue. So, Quite honestly, after I read this, you know, you pretty much answered your own question where if your dungeon is starting to open up to a swinger crowd, ding, 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 there's probably your answer. And especially if you've never seen these guys before. In a traditional dungeon setting, many people who have been around for a minute or have done some research understand that a collar is usually a symbol of something, whether it's going to be a DS or an MS or something, what, what have you. Most people are going to have respect for that collar. I myself have been a collared submissive. I wear a collar when I go out for the night with Donis to to show to other men that I am off limits. However, if you have somebody new in a dungeon, or especially if you got a swinger crowd who has no idea about kink except for Fifty Shades, they're going to see a pretty girl and walk up to her and go, ooh, nice shoes, want to fuck? They're not going to have that respect. Yeah, collars mean 
a lot of different things na- like now. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Let me fucking fuck my own mouth a couple more times. I have a point. It's going to be a long you're show. You're also having me. a stroke. I think I'm having a fucking stroke. Okay. Collars mean many things to many people for those that even know that there's a meaning to a collar, you know, and it doesn't necessarily just mean I am owned hands off. There are people in MSDS relationships where the dominant or master is in charge of loaning out basically the slave to other people for service and or sexual service. That's another meaning of that collar. A collar could just be uh, a fashion. A lot of people wear collars. They don't really have a meaning to tie to. They just think it looks really cool. And they come into the dungeons and they wear collars uh, for that. So there's there's people that just wear a collar just to spark conversation or to just try to, like you said, tell people to fuck off. You know, yeah. just, uh, you know, just, just, uh, but once again, if people don't know this, this dungeon that was described by the poster is not an old guard dungeon. Correct. It is not a high protocol party. So even though I understand how there's that poke in the chest, like you disrespected me, I don't really see that here because it wasn't, if it was a party where it's a high protocol party and high protocol parties, people know what's going on. There are orientations, you are expected, things are listed. This is the type of protocol we follow. Some high protocol parties will have a, like a ceremony of introduction where the slaves all kneel and then, you know, a gatekeeper rings a bell and then the slaves go to their masters to show everyone in the party who is whose slave and whatever and then there are certain other things in place to let you know that this slave is open to play with others but you have to approach the master there's like all of these things that are put down in advance and in those types of situations absolutely if somebody breaks protocol um that is a disrespect to both the the slave and the master. Right. And even if this was a regular dungeon, take the swinger element out of it. If this was some douchebag that knew that this girl was collared and went up and said, hey, nice shoes, want to fuck kind of thing. If right. he knew that that collar was on there for a reason, then yes, by all means, ream him upside down and sideways. Because sure. I've seen that happen before where you get some guy who comes around to the dungeon four or five times and thinks he's the king of kink. Right. And then goes, oh, I didn't know she was collared. I didn't know she was somebody's property. You know, they have zero respect for that collar. But at the same time, I would suggest to the poster that if you're going to open up your dungeon to a swinger community, every swinger club I've been to, I started as a swinger and then fell ass backwards into King 12 years ago, gives an orientation. You could add to that orientation If someone is wearing uh, something around their neck, you need to ask them what it means if you get to that point. Now, she's part of the bar staff, so of course she's going to chat with people. Hey, how you doing? How was the football game? Oh, you know, that stuff's over there. But if it's starting to turn sexual or kink in nature, they should tell people, look, you need to stop and say, hey, does that collar represent anything? Do I need to know anything about that collar before they proceed further and put their foot in their mouth? And then, obviously, if they're going to disrespect it, by all means, you know, take them outside and whack them, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good advice, Path Girl. Mm-hmm. Assault and battery to fix every situation. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yes, kill them. <laughs> fucking light them on fire and then fuck the burnt corpse. I grew up uh, in New York City, so hey, you know, beating a mouse is, you know. <laughs> big, um, the you know, other thing is you would have things in place with your uh, your S-type. I'll just call them S-types because it could be mm-hmm. many things. With your S-type to let them know um, you don't have to be disrespectful. Once again, a douche is a douche, and you can kind of sense douchey, predatory kind of behavior. Yeah. But um, but if somebody's just like, hey, you know, we think you're cool. You know, we want to come join us for sex. You can, you know, have them be in charge of that education for themselves and exactly. say, hey, I am owned. That's what this caller means. And no, I'm not going to be available for that. And then, of course, yes, tell your your uh, your master uh, of what happened and how you handled the situation. And that can actually be a very positive thing. I kissed a, a slave's hand. My first day in uh, Threshold. And I didn't fucking know nothing. I was talking with her and in front of the master. Uh And uh, and apparently that was a real no, no, because he was like, huh, because it was like I was talking with her for a while. And she said, Uh I have my uh, my master. And I um, so hands off. I'm not going to hit on you, whatever. Sure. I, I understood at least enough to know she had a relationship. Right. Um. But it was funny because I'm very flirty and jovial and innocent, you know, with my whatever. And it's like, fine, we're, we're buddies now. Um, and she introduces me to the master. And he's like, oh, do you know her? And because, and I'm like, oh, we go back a long way. And I had her hand and I just went, ah, and I kissed her hand. She's wonderful. She's amazing. And he's like, hey, whoa, yeah. that's my slave. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. And I remember at the time, going to be dead honest. I'm like, fucking pussy douche. What the fuck, dude? I didn't fucking fucking jerk off on her fucking sniz. Come on. Um, but at the time, I didn't know that that was actually something that someone would interpret very disrespectfully. I was kind of stupid and I apologized, you know. But uh, but yeah, that that kind of stuff, it absolutely happens. If If people are not oriented to what your version of protocol is, how can they know? Yes. They can't. And if you're not in a place that has that established, and I know a lot, I used to know a lot of leather people because once we came in, we said, no, this is going to be for everyone. It used to be very BDSM-y. Everything was BDSM, BDSM, leather and, and leather classes and master slave classes. And when we came in, we said, this is all wonderful, but a lot of people don't want this. A lot of people just want to be kinky and spank and have certain dynamics and, and, and do their own thing and still everyone consent and respect. But most people, if given the choice, don't want to follow old guard. And that's the reason so many people in the current kink community don't because they don't want that lifestyle. So if you want that lifestyle for the people that are drawn to it, there are entire communities that follow just that. And I used to know leather people that are like, I don't like going to these parties anymore because I I like to always know that me and my partners are respected and there's these protocols. And that's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have people with different orientations and ideas and dynamics and ways that they play then it is your personal responsibility to either make sure there's an orientation 
at that dungeon that has certain protocols in place that you feel comfortable with, or you have to teach these people yourself on a case by case basis. Right. I mean, even on vanilla life, you're going to have douchebags that hit on women, you know, that have wedding rings on. I even used to go to one of my local stores to get my dog's nails clipped. And she had a thick leather collar on with a, with a, with a dog dog tag on it. And I was like, Oh, does that represent anything? And she says, she made up a story about, Oh, it's for my favorite dog. And you know, I kind of got the hint of like, it's something with kink, but we were out in vanilla life. Don't talk about it. Right. Right. You kind of have to place the responsibility of the collar owner to educate people in a nice way. I mean, even when I've worn, when I was a collar submissive and I wear my play collars, some people in, in a kinks setting will say, does that collar represent anything? And I'll say, yes, that means I'm with him and him. I'm with Donis and Doc, and Doc. That's it. I'm, I'm unavailable for play, you know, but at the same time, I will happily chat with these people and talk to them and, and what have you, male and female, because I've even, you know, retrospect gone up to collar male submissives and talk with them and even talk to kink with them and didn't even think about it for a minute being inappropriate because I'm female, they're male, but it comes down to, when you're kind of walking in a space where you're going to have a mixture of old guard, regular BDSM folks and possible swingers or even uneducated kinksters, you kind of have to just kind of take a deep breath and say, they probably don't know. Here's the education you need. And you, like you said, you don't have to be a dick about it. And no one is telling you like these other people on, on Facebook are telling you to grow a thicker skin. That's not right either. That's putting the responsibility right. of the wrong thing that was done to you on you and your slave. They're probably sure. newbies. They're probably ignorant. Give them some education. And if then they continue to be ignorant, then you can get rid of them. Then you take them outside, light them on fire and fuck the burnt corpse. In New Yay! York only. Fun times. <laughs> only, only in New York. Yeah, because it really comes down to, <clears throat> excuse me, it comes down to that feeling that he had of being disrespected. And that is a legitimate feeling. Yes. And it also leads me to another kind of, if we're going to take this route, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. Because it appears that this is kind of a, like I'm familiar with, an age gap dynamic and mm-hmm. to where he's much older and the slave is is much younger. And we both know that I, uh, I partake in and have partaken in many age gap relationships. Mm-hmm. And there is a certain feeling that happens. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It may not be this guy, but I know what I feel. Um, the bottom line is, If you're an old guy and you're dating a cute young chick, everyone's going to want to fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's she's young and vibrant and cute and happy. And and that's a challenge to me because I'm older and I'm not as, you know, you know. But that's every life, too. You know, all of my talents lie in my personality and my skill sets and and hopefully those things are enough to entice and keep my partners with me so I don't have to feel a constant threat that everyone wants to take my partner from me. Um, that is real jealousy. 
That is the fear of somebody taking something that you have. And that's a real feeling. And especially for an older guy, knowing that it's just, it's so blatant. They want her. They want her. A lot of people want her and they're willing. Some of them are, yes, willing to be completely. Fuck you. I don't care about this fucking old fuck. You want to go with someone who's real? Why are you hanging? You know, Mm -hmm. it goes all the way from innocent to actual dick. But it's going to be there. And I had to really accept that. I had to really look within myself and go, it is completely understandable. We live in a world where people are attracted to what they are attracted to. So what my job is, is to build enough of a relationship with my partners that we have our protocols in place. This is how we have decided we are going to handle these situations. And... At some point, I have to trust my my S-type that they are going to follow those protocols. And if they don't, then that's my issue with them. And then we have to work on our relationship. But it's it has to be understandable that that's a real feeling. That's a real feeling that you're not good enough anymore. You're not young and spry and, you know, the virile that I'm a, you know, that I'm bullshitting my way in this relationship. Those are real feelings. So sometimes maybe that's coming out a little bit more and you're putting it on the person who's just being a fucking dude, man, who's just being a fucking horny dude that knows that if you ask enough people out, one of them's going to jump in your threesome. Yeah. So if somebody doesn't tell me, no, if somebody doesn't say, Hey, I'm not available for that then I'm going to ask someone out. And if I'm not at a party where that is a high protocol party, then I'm going to ask your chick out. If I don't know, she's your fucking chick or what the dynamic is. So I know that people are going to do the same goddamn thing. And to my partners and it's just hard, you know, with the age you get, you know, do you know what? Well, you don't know. Well, you sort of know. Well, no, well, I, I have dated I have dated older guys before, but just in, on the on the on the younger side is the fact of if you have that great relationship built and that mutual respect built, that S type's gonna come back and go, you know, oh, why are you dating that old guy? Well, you know what? He gives me stuff that you couldn't do in forty years on this sure, earth. You sure. know what I mean? It's just there's been there's been times I've had to point blank, you know, they look at guys that I that I date that may not be that handsome or just whatever, and I'm like, you know what? You have no idea what he does for me. He's an awesome man. He does this, this, and this. And you know what? Fuck you. And it is, I mean, to go even the worst uh, scenario that you play out in your mind, for me, no relationships are permanent. I'm not in any right now. I've had dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of relationships. They do eventually go. Some of them, some people stay in relationships for a long time, but most of my relationships, all of my relationships have ended. At some point, people do move on, and that's a real thing that I have to deal with, that am I going to turn into a jealous asshole, which I had on many occasions had turned into, which was now an ugly part of me that I was letting people see. Or am I going to have to learn how to just accept certain things about myself, be the best person I can, be the best I can for my partners, so if they want to stay with me, 
they stay with me. And if they choose to go be with somebody else because they see something better in them, or if it's a competition like that, um, then I don't want to be where I'm not welcome anyway. Fucking go. Just go. Go. I will not call you again. Go. I'm not a stalker. I'm too lazy to be a stalker. Just if that's really the case. But I've had some great relationships where um, people have stayed with me for a number of years. We've had a great relationship and it was time to move on. It was, it was you know, the right time, you know, for them. And that's just kind of, I know there's so many ugly feelings that are there and so many vulnerable, insecure feelings there. Right. But it's just the reality. It's the reality of having relationships like this. Well, it's also, it's also the reality of when you have an overlap of the kink and swinger communities. The swinger community is pretty much when I used to go there, there'd be guys that would walk up to every woman in the world. Nice shoes, want to fuck. Nice shoes, want to fuck. Nice, you know, like you said, after about the hundredth time, somebody goes, all right, sure. You know, so. Yeah, I mean. You could have to establish. Yeah, yeah, because he did ask where, you know, when would it ever be okay to approach a stranger and say, we think you're good looking, want to join us for sex? I was like, at a a dungeon or a sex party. That is actually where people do approach people. And ask for sex, kind of in a blunt way. Like, yeah. when it, when's not a good time to ask? I, when you're being arrested by a female officer? <laughs> don't, maybe not so much. Don't ask her to fuck. Join a threesome. That sounds like experience Probably. talking. I'm, <laughs> you know, I still have shoulder issues <laughs> from, from that lesson that I learned. Um, yeah, just don't do that. You know, there is a time and, and, and a place... But I think in general, if you respect yourself and you respect your partner and you guys can work from that premise and then make a plan for how you're going to work these situations out, because they're likely going to happen, especially outside of high protocol events. Um, I think that's the best you can do. And then you just kind of got to say, well, you know, life is going to just move forward how it moves. Let's just go for it. It was a great post. I mean, I felt I felt so bad because I know I wasn't going to be. I knew that I wanted to jump on his side, but I also knew I I couldn't because of my own experiences in doing the same type of stuff. But at the same time, we're also trying to be more newbie friendly. Where it's just like there are so many people that have made so many mistakes in getting into kink, and it's like hopefully they learn from it and go forward. But yeah, you're going to watch out for the douchebags in the long run. But, you know, don't you're you're going to hit this even in vanilla life where some she's going to walk somewhere and have that collar on and somebody's going to hit on her and it's just try not to take offense for it, just try to work on the response to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Thank it's you, a Mr. tough D. one. Thank you so much, man. I hope yeah. I hope uh, we gave some opinions that helped. And uh, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to continue this conversation or bring up some of your own points, would love to hear those because the more opinions and thoughts that we get, the more we learn so we can have these types of discussions that are sometimes very messy and vulnerable. I have all sorts of icky feelings right now in my chest, Bath Girl, because I'm thinking of all these instances where I'm like, ah, butt hurt. The, the butt but, hurt. Percy, if you were a listener, you, if you're a listener, like if you have anything rolling around in your br- on your brain that's kink relationship wise, 
it's always good to have an outside opinion. So shoot us an email, pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and just say, look, here's just verbally vomit to us. And you might get an idea that you haven't thought of from us. So yay. That is true. Perverted Podcast listener segue. I edit. I'm not going to make you look bad. I lo- <laughs> we love you. We think you're awesome. So no. if you have a brain fart, or something, then you, then, then literally or just. Or if I'm being too bratty. Yeah, that like that's gonna stop. Yeah, that's uh, you can't By edit out. You can't edit out bratty. I'm pretty sure. Do you do you need to pee? Do I need to pee? No, are you really doing that? <laughs> no. Are you really? Trying to get me to have to pee by pouring liquid into the microphone. Is yes. that how we're going to start this, Loki? <laughs> Is that literally the I got to make an entrance. The stepping off point. <laughs> I'm giving you instructions thinking, okay, this is all what we're going to do. And before we even start, you are ready. The brat just comes out. That's what this is going to be. But I'm so happy because in this environment, I can be a bratty and everyone understands. Yes, everyone understands. I am apparently a brat magnet. So I'm just, uh, hello, perverted podcast audience, and hello, Lady Loki, for the first time meeting you, 20 seconds in, you turn into a brat. Hello, everyone. This is uh, our lovely Lady Loki. Of course, you heard uh, Path Girl and I in the last episode drool only a little, just a little. I don't want you to get a big head, because you're just going to take it to the next brat level if you think you have some sort of My head... My head manages to be super big without any anything. Anything. Okay. Well, then we'll uh, we'll just have to try to take you down a notch. But uh, oh, Path Girl does. Path Girl does <laughs> lust after you, like literally. Well, who doesn't? Oh who doesn't? dear God, dear God. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is going to be a long segment. I can. <laughs> Ready? See? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're not sorry. Don't pretend. It's actually quite spirited and fun. You are a relatively new perverted podcast listener. Yes. So you have not heard all the things that will make you run away screaming yet. Uh, no, I haven't. So are you new to kink relatively, or have you experienced a lot of things? Or mm, I feel I'm pretty new because I have so many questions and. I still feel very insecure when I'm surrounded by uh, kinksters. Uh, I I feel like uh, if I uh, I feel like I could say something stupid or bad or whatever, you know. Well, just to put your mind at ease, I've been around this lifestyle for 15 years, and I still feel insecure and stupid, and I do frequently say stupid things that make people roll their eyes. So. Perhaps it'll end for you. It's never ended for me. Uh, if we're learning, if we're always trying to learn, we're always going to be embarrassing ourselves because that's how we learn. Yeah, of course. Even no matter how much you know and no matter how experienced you are and knowledgeable you are. Sorry, my uh, <laughs> knowledgeable? Is that a word? No, it is today. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, no matter, you know, people are going to disagree with you from time to time, but it's always up for discussion. I think that's a really good point, and that's why we're having a discussion today. And one of the things we're going to discuss is actually for me some real shit so i'm very excited you filled out the questionnaire survey that we send out for the rest of the listeners if you want to be on the show we'd love to have you join us we have a questionnaire email me at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com we have a questionnaire that makes this like a little easier because it asks you uh questions about you and then I read them and I go, okay, well, let's talk about these things. Yeah, I am pretty used to being on stage as I am actually, I do have a, what's it called? Diploma, educational diploma in theater. So Really? Yeah. That's, so do you do dance? Do you do acting? Do you do all of them? I wanted to and I did while I went to the school, but some very not good stuff made me... Ha- um, forced me to go on disability so I've never been able to follow my dream with that but I do have the tools within me the good news about not just this lifestyle but the transferring what we learn in this lifestyle transfer to our normal lives is the flexibility of knowing that I am on the 150th version of my dream right now yeah 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 you know, there is always some adaption. There is a way to get the satisfaction of your dream. You know, for me, I wanted to be a musician. I'm a failed musician, but I, I still get to. I think you're great. I I love the the small uh, singing you do in between. I'm like, oh my god, this is great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I am hiding an erection right now. Uh, ah! That is. <laughs> That is uh, everything I dream of hearing, and I'm not even paying you for this. That is that is amazing. But once again, that does show that flexibility. I am not on stage, you know, rocking out to hundreds of millions of people. Yeah. But I do get to create things in this show, and I get to put, you know, and so there's always some way that you can adapt the things that inspire you Yeah. by just sitting back and being flexible. And just saying, look, this is the reality. You know, for you, you have some disabilities that you're dealing with. I, you know, I can't do the thing that I dreamed of when I was a kid. Mm. How can I still live that dream? And we do that all the time in kink and with the types of kinks we can do and the types of kinks we can't do with our partners. Yeah. Well, let's get back to a couple of the questions. You had something that you wrote in your survey. One of the questions was, was there something that happened that was awkward or, you know, derailed the scene? And you said you had a scene where you laughed so hard the guy got insecure and had to stop. Can you uh, walk us through what led to him walking away? Uh, It wasn't like we we had a scene. It was more like I was trying to... We we were... um, I mean, I was discovering... Just then, my interest in BDSM and the kink, it happened when we we went to a comic store and I bought the comic Sunstone. Okay. I read it and, and a whole new world opened before me and I was like, oh my God, I'm a kinkster. I'm into BDSM. Oh my God. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was reborn. <laughs> and then I told uh, my boyfriend at the time, 
and 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 he wanted to make me happy, you know. We wanted to、uh, explore it, but、uh, and and I'm a person who can laugh a lot, good, very very, very good. heavily, and then get back to fucking, and then laugh heavily so much that I fall on the floor and then crawl back into bed and start fucking again. And this is a problem. How?、Uh, it was a problem for him because I, I don't know. He just it just threw him off, and, and okay, I got really I, sad because. Okay, I can see that. So he he was trying to be more serious because there are people that I mean I'm a very playful person.、Uh, sex will always continue. It, even after a joke, or someone farts, or something funny happens, or something falls off a table, or a table, you know, accident. I mean, it's kind of fun to go with that and just enjoy life because we'll work it out and get back into the zone. But when you are in like a serious kind of, we're going to do this,、um, and you maybe try to force it a little too hard. Then I can understand maybe some people get jarred、uh, because you're serious and the other person isn't serious, but、uh, I, it happens, I guess. Yeah, but- I, sadly, this is most of my experience. I, yeah, I, I've been received. I've received like these looks, like "What are you doing? Like, why are you laughing? Like, what what's wrong with you?" And I, I, yeah, that's it's really sad. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to be an ageist, but maybe that's a younger guy thing because they want to be interpreted as serious. Like when you get to my age, you're like, "Bitch, shit's gonna happen. I'm old. Stuff's falling off me." My balls are going to wrap around your throat and probably choke you out more than <laughs>、like、my hands. You know, we just got to laugh about it and and、yeah. have and have fun. Whereas, like maybe when I was younger, I was more, no, I'm awesome. You have to think I'm awesome. I'm being awesome, right? You think I'm the best, right? I'm the best. Yeah, it could be. It could be that my laugh is just so. Uh, w- whatever the word is for my laugh. Uh, that they felt ridiculed and oh, you know, like it was a sarcastic kind of like you're laughing at them thing. Maybe.、Uh, yeah, that, that I'm was like, not go ahead. Intention at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, go ahead and laugh at me. I don't care if it gets annoying. I'll shove your face in the pillow.、And、I wish、we'll、they mo- would do that. <laughs> <laughs> or、Uh-oh. I'll just stuff a pair. I'll just stuff your panties in your mouth, or you know, like oh the- yes. No, no, I mean no. <laughs> no, good, Brad. All you want,、oh, I don't give a shit. I have another funny episode. Okay. Of,、uh, because we were, the,、um, I've had、uh, a, f- a few partners back,、um, and I was very loud and enjoying it, and 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 he was scared that someone else in the house. Would hear it, so he、sure. he, took, he took his hand over my mouth, and that didn't help because <laughs> that excited me so much that I got even louder. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do, and and that was yeah, that was one of the first times I realized, oh my god, I'm into this. 
Right. But but I didn't have the language to ask my boyfriend at the time do it more because that would be weird, you know. Right. Well, I mean, and that's what's so great about having a community and a lifestyle to find out. Oh, there's ways you can have better conversations and communicate better. But yeah, when you're new, you're still thinking you're a freak because you know your religion or your family, you know. You know, society has been like, oh, this is deviant behavior, which it is, which makes it awesome. But we don't know that when we're younger, you know, so people are always telling us there's all these, you know, programmings. And then when that just rips off, like when you read that comic book and you're just like, fuck you, I get I'm kinky. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and the good thing was that the comic, uh, the number one starts with introducing safe words and all of these things oh, that everyone yeah we, that everyone should know about the respect part the communication part and and the trust part everything so i'm really lucky to actually have had that comic as an introduction to it that's fantastic and that's once again that's why i constantly promote Dr. Doe's Sexplanations channel on YouTube, and we have Perverted Podcasts, and there's all of these these <gasps> outlets re- that... Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you, had a, you had an epiphany revelation. Yeah, I remember now where, where I found you. It was on the YouTube. That video about spanking. Look at that. Look at that. Yes, indeed, that, that great video... Long I ago. love it. It's so great. Uh, me How to give a sensual my... spanking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, me, and, me and one of my partners watched it. And I was like, that's what I mean. This is what I want. And he was like, okay. Oh. And I was like, oh. You're like, <laughs> oh, sad face. I want this. <laughs> that video actually, uh, for as horrible the quality of the video, um, the biggest video I've ever made. That video, how to give a sensual spanking on YouTube, and I am like a dorky camp counselor about it. Like I'm all happy, and you know, it's just uh, everything but, about it is perfect. But a million, you know, and it's just a basic introduction on how to look at spanking differently. Because a lot of people look at spanking, you know, once again that programming that oh, it's all pain and screaming and whatever, and and so. That's why kink education is so important because we get to see, oh, wait a minute, that I would like that, you know? Yeah, but also the protection of the just the tailbone. And, sure. Yeah, and, and where you can place the spanking because uh, me and one of my partners, when we tried this thing out, because he, he really tried, he really wanted to, to make me happy. Um, but he, he just, he, as much as he, you know, could move his body the way and, and you know, read the theory and everything, it, it, he just, he didn't understand at all why. <laughs> he didn't have the intention. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, not the yeah. interest. And, and that's an honest case. Uh, but so yeah. when, when I was lying over his lap and he was supposed to spank me, then he hit some of the places that is uncomfortable. Right. Uh, so we kind of learned through each other. And I told him that, no, that, that place was uncomfortable. This place was good. 
oh, that right. felt like this and that. And then I explained him all of these stuff. But but there was no use because he, to him, it was just, okay, this is interesting. And then moving on. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it was more academic or he was just trying to please. Yeah. That's in, intention has a lot to do with everything. I mean, you can know all the skills and sing the notes or whatever, but if you don't have a kind of a, a if you can't develop some sort of intention and passion yeah. for that thing, it's going to come off as very academic. And yeah. uh, and it just doesn't feel cuz you don't have the chemistry with that. You know, there that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It doesn't mean you shouldn't keep you know, trying to find the thing that creates that passion in that moment. Maybe it's, I don't necessarily like topping, but I really can focus on the reaction of my partner when I hit certain areas. I mean, there's, you know, there's ways to improve it. But in general, if there's no intention for that, it's always going to kind of feel weird. Topping. What's the definition of that? Is that just being a top? Topping is it, with the difference. It's actually a fantastic question, and we haven't really gone over oh, that in a while on the show. Fantastic <laughs> question. Because um, you hear master, slave, dominant, submission, top, bottom. In, in top and bottoming, that's pretty much the basic with no power exchange. So there's a person on top, and they may be taking control but whereas dominance and submission, there's more of that intense power exchange that the dominant is actually taking control of the submissive and all of their, you know, basic thoughts, actions, ideas. And you're enveloping that in kind of that power exchange. Topping and bottoming is just the acts. It's yeah. just the act of spanking. And you can still be passionate about it and be into it. But it's just there's not as much of the power exchange. Okay, because because then I think I'm on to understanding a lot of things that I have a thousand questions about. Can I ask you about what you talked about last episode? Uh, sure. Uh, because um, there were two things that came in mind uh, to me was the, the the whole clinical part of it. You met a woman and you agreed to do a top-bottom scene. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was like, but, but, but where is the uh, connection? Where is the, you know, uh, and then when you talked about the um, negotiation midway, that was a no-no. Right. But then if you had asked about biting her ass and she would have said, yes, do it, then I, I don't. Well, here's the, th <laughs> the thing is, that's is a simple answer for that. Some people, because you're releasing all of these chemicals in your brain, um, dopamine, norepinephrine, adrenaline, all of those things, when it gets to a certain point, the person is actually intoxicated. On their own body chemicals, and yeah. we, we, you know, we can get into that in in a more neurophysiological way. Yeah, but, we yeah. won't. but basically, somebody is inebriated, and you're not allowed to influence people while they're inebriated. It's the same thing with any type of sexuality. If you're at a bar and someone's very drunk, it's very unethical to try to have sex with them 
because they're not in their right mind to make a real consensual decision. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's it's the same for kind of the same for play. I can totally see that. Uh, which, but if I mean it, um, you can't course. go backwards. If I would have just started biting her, and she no. wasn't into it, then uh, then that no, no, just don't just bad. start yeah, biting. Yeah. I meant yeah, uh, so. what I, what I'm trying to convey is the difference between negotiating with a partner that you're in a relationship with and you already trust and you're ex- you're like trying to figure out each other's kinks and stuff and mm-hmm. and on the other side you have the clinical thing where you agree on everything you want at the beginning and when you start you don't negotiate after that so to me the differences between those is okay uh, you are two kingsters you just met you agree on this you're both in to have a good time and there's no negotiation because that will complicate things and then right. you're done and everything is fine on and whilst on the the side that i already explained <clears throat> it's like the okay we we have already agreed on something and it's going to be good and we know each other we're going to keep having a relationship but the negotiation can be allowed and i feel like if I had been in a situation where I was intoxicated and and super excited about the session was happening, and, but and if my partner would ask, uh, "Could I do this?" I, I feel like I should trust both myself and my partner enough to actually give an honest answer at the time, if, even though I'm, in, even, I'm even though that once again, I would never tell somebody how to play the way you want to play and some people are very into just let's see what happens in the moment and i'm not gonna i that's how you play yeah from my point of view my point of view is the top as the person who doesn't want to go to prison for rape who doesn't want to be cast out of the society for doing things that are inappropriate with people uh, whether or not you can speak for yourself while you're inebriated is not my concern. My concern first is for myself and my own safety. And then second, it is to not harm people that I'm playing with. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to yeah. be more cautious, because it may work out, you may have loved it. You may have fist your asshole. You may have been like, yeah, this is fucking great. <laughs> but if it goes bad, and and you're you turn around the next day and go I was loaded you raped me that's the end of my uh. life so i'm not going to take i'm not you know there was a comedian that used to do a joke about a girl that's like why didn't you just take me and he's all so you want me to rape you on the off chance that you like it that's not i mean good luck if that works out for you but unfortunately it doesn't work out a lot of the times. So it's very important that you air a certain level of caution. Now, then, if we would have met at a bar before you were drunk and you said, I like to get drunk and not know what's going to happen next, uh. then that's one thing. But once you're drunk, I have a legal responsibility. I have a moral and ethical responsibility to not to not tempt fate whether or not you're competent when you're drunk or not that's not that's yeah. I, I don't give a fuck i have to uh, you know once we know each other 
once we know each other and I know you're fine when you're drunk, well, then, okay, we'll do, I do that with the girls all the time. Where we have, they like, drunk, you know, we do role plays where they get drunk and I take advantage of them and I do things. But once again, it's been negotiated. Yeah, and also if you have a safe word, then that's a, yeah, you hear the safe word and then you stop. Sure. But uh, I feel like this could be because I'm a noob at this, but I feel like it sounds very black and white. Because asking for a nibble on the ass is quite different from a full fisting. <laughs> it depends on who who you're saying that to. You're somebody who has a lot of fantasies about a lot of, you know, edgier things. So to you, you're like, that's not a big deal. I'd just fucking smack you away if I didn't like it. But not everyone yeah. is like that. I can't assume... That everyone in the world has your mentality because out of the large number of women that I've played with, I have experienced many different types of people. I have experienced people that are more cautious, that that would not like that. And then it's an assumption. And even the thing we're going to talk about next, real quick, uh, I would never have assumed that about you. What? I the 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 thing we're going to talk about with the picture. I would picture. never have assumed that about you because huh? you're you know picture? of of you had said when I we filled out when I sent you the survey. Yeah. At the top of that picture, at the top of that survey oh. is a picture of somebody who is not uh their parts are covered. But it's cupping. I did cupping all over them, and they have a mask, and it's a freaky picture, and it looks very insane. And you said that picture made you feel uncomfortable. I think that was mostly because of the legs being parted and the the private parts. Sure. Which there was a butterfly over the private parts, but there was on the mound there was a there was a yeah. Uh, but but that it made me. It just made me. Um, uh, think of that topic and I feel like that's a very important topic especially for me as a new beginner mm. I I started feeling like a party pooper because I was uncomfortable with a lot of things uh, I did talk to the leader of my local group about it last week and it was a very positive uh, conversation uh, so I'm slowly working my way to understanding more and being able to um, get go on events uh, and and, sure. and find my level of comfort and 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 just treating it as an honest case that okay if if these elements are gonna be at this event and I'm gonna be uncomfortable it has to be up to me if I want to go or not. That I is that is perfect. Yeah. The point that I want to go back to the what we were talking about before is I would never have expected that that picture would have made you feel uncomfortable because I know, you know, from the things we've talked about and emails and things like that, that you like that. So for me to assume that would have been my mistake. And in a case where you were inebriated, I should also not make assumptions because you never know everybody you know they may like some things they may not like other things there may be things that are extremely triggering for you maybe you were sexually assaulted 
by a family member who bit you. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. and so, and so, a little nibble on the butt during a play scene, which mm-hmm. for you would be like, oh, that's not a big deal. For somebody, would have triggered an entire catastrophic trauma. Even the question would have triggered. So, what I'm saying is, because there's so much that we don't know about an individual when we're new, mm. that it's always this the best to just err on the side of caution and to allow the negotiation to bring you to that level to where you have an understanding and you can try and do things and you understand because you also don't know what the top knows. Maybe the top is very inexperienced and he doesn't know how to handle a trauma or she doesn't know how to handle uh, if something goes wrong. What are you going to do if something goes wrong? We, what if both of us didn't expect something to go wrong? All of those things said, it may seem a little black and white and it may seem like it takes out some of the spontaneity. I feel like that has to happen if if it's a new person. It yeah, it it yeah. happens less once you know each other. Absolutely. There are things you can do, but it doesn't mean that you can't be having a bad day even in a relationship that you've been with someone for 5 years and you've been doing this type of play, you know, like say some sort of CNC, you know, aggressive thing and all of a sudden one day the partner got some bad news about something and they didn't tell their partner about it and it's inside and then they do the cnc scene and now there's a major freak out even though you've been with this person for five years you totally opened my mind to to that to that thank you so much i i can see it in a new picture now but i also feel like in that situation it the, the responsibility is not entirely on the top you know the bottom has to take care of themselves as well i agree and uh, i'm a person who have a lot of experience with my own trauma and other people's trauma so i feel quite confident about handling other people's uh blunders whether it's right. it's me doing it you know i I can step on people's toes and if I get a reaction, I totally stand up and and say, oh shit, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do this. Is there something I can do? And then I take care of them and I help them. And this is a human thing to do, whether you're a top or a bottom or whatever. I completely agree. And that is why when we're dealing with new people that may not have the skills they may not have the communication skills the negotiation skills to to navigate a lot of these things that come up because you're right on the at a surface we're all human we all have a responsibility for ourselves you have a responsibility whether you're the bottom or the top to let me know if you had a problem that day all of those things but once again it doesn't always work out like that Maybe yeah. you're like, uh, maybe you think, ah, it's not that big of a deal. I'll talk to my partner later about it. Let's go have our scene. You know, you there's always mistakes and yeah. possibilities for dynamics and variables to change. And the, the important thing to do is to accept when it happens and deal with it and talk about it and then learn from it and then do healing afterwards if there's a lot of de- yeah, damage done. I guess. You couldn't have said it any more perfectly. I agree with you 100%. (laughs) 
That yeah. is a- that is absolutely true. And ultimately, that every word out of my mouth at the end of every segment comes down to communication. It's it's you know the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same thing. But that is the truth. You can't argue with water that it's wet. <laughs> so we can't argue with humanity that at the end of every interaction with another human being, the better the communication is, the better the outcome, the more we understand each other, the more fun we can have together, the more depraved, fucked up, hideously crazy things we can get away with doing with each other, the better the communication is. And uh, that makes me remember when you you said um, non-verbal. And uh, that makes me remember when you you said um, non-verbal. Mm-hmm. Non is that the uh, is that right? Non-verbal, non-verbal? yeah. When when yeah, because then so, it's... when you said that last um, episode, I was like, "That's what I mean. That's what I want." And I was, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, like wh- while we're talking about communication, because I've I've met a, a very difficult problem there because it's like, yeah, we we need to communicate, but but I don't want to communicate. Right. <laughs> I want to do it non-verbal. But of course, you have to have certain settings and communication at the beginning and trust and et cetera, et cetera, to do it. And of course, tell your partner, okay, now I want to do a session. We have talked about uh, things and uh, bibbidi and bobbidis, and we have a safe word. So let's go. I'm going to be nonverbal and you trust me. That whenever you do something that I don't like, I will say the safe word and we'll stop and we'll talk. And when we've figured it out, we we start again on the nonverbal thing. And and this is how we gain experience and learn and get to know each other better. That is fantastic advice. Loki, we could probably talk for seven shows, so that means you're probably going to have to come back. Thank you so much. I would love to come back. <laughs> because uh, you have some very clear thoughts. You are fun. You are an obnoxious brat. Thank you. I think that I take that so much as a compliment. I am I am glowing right now. You should. <laughs> you should. But once you start talking about things, you do have the ability to set the brat aside and seek uh, and give information. And that's a lot of wonderful. I, I'm sure our listeners are, are going to love you as much as Path Girl and I love you. And I'm so grateful Aww. that we were able to navigate this 8 million mile distance between us, which I wish was not quite as far, but... I have embraced you and oh. intellectu- intellectually enjoyed you. Oh, you've embraced me. <laughs> There's a lot to embrace right now. Still hitting the treadmill. We, we, there's so much much boogie to embrace. So much. We're rolling and bouncing down a hill right now. I would crush you to death. If you don't have a crushing fantasy, get the fuck out of my way when I'm tumbling down a hill. (laughs) But until the next time, Lady Loki, thank you so much for visiting with us. Thank you so much for having me and take care, everyone. And take care, Count Boogie.
And that is the end of show 374. Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you want us to cover, or if you have any questions you might want to ask us, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. You can help support the show for free by hitting the like or subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to us on now. Do it! Push the button. Do it now! (laughs) It really does help us promote the show on podcast platforms and help other kinky people like you find us. And if you'd like to do a little bit more to support us, you can sign up at patreon.com slash pervertedpodcast for our five bucks if you give a fuck level. You get the show a few days early. You get our bonus half a pee episodes, which I just did my first one. And I'm so excited. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. yeah. We didn't even mention that. Yeah, yes. that you get free. Yeah, yeah, we can't call it a perk, though, because yes. they'll charge you taxes yes. on it. But if they're, yeah, yeah, you get you get stuff. Yeah. We'll give you some stuff. Yeah, the, the half a pee episode we just did was really, really fun. So you get that if you join up at our Patreon.com slash Perverted Podcast. And you get a lot of other stuff as well. And as always, love and smushy kisses to all of our patrons around the world. Your support means the world to us. Yes, Path Girl, my little mouth jockey. Uh-huh. My lovey, cocky mouth jockey. Uh, cocky great mouth show. jockey. I need a shirt with that. <laughs> my, I am cocky mouth jockey. I am cocky mouth jockey. <laughs> Me put my mouthy on your cocky. I put my mouthy on your cocky. <laughs> And it just has a picture of like a bear trap with braces on it. No, I was thinking with a jockey ah, on yeah, a horse yeah, yeah, with like his mouth open, like riding a horse, cocky mouth jockey. <laughs> like a like a like just sucking dicks as he's oh, going down oh, the lane. No, no, we need to have a jockey in all leathers, like a king, you know, like old guard BDSM, oh, and on a horse beating himself with the crop. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say riding a horse, but yeah, beating himself. Oh, yes. Just, Somebody just, get on just that. riding, riding a spanking horse, riding yes, a spanking yes, horse and perfect. beating himself. Perfect. Well, See, look at that. We work so good now together. We have, uh, we have merch now. Jay, <laughs> Jay, fetishartist.net. Uh, can you draw up a jockey, like a hot chick jockey, oh. spanking herself with a riding crop? On a spanking bench. I will pay to commission that. Hint, hint. I would love a t-shirt. Hint, hint. I will throw you money. <laughs> oh, wow. Contact Path Girl on FetLife, and uh, she will pay for that. It's See, that's what... But that is an example right there at the end of the show, before we click the little stop record button, that when you get kinky people together, new ideas happen, new creativity happens, new opinions happen and it just that's what makes having a what a quote unquote community of kinky people does it gives you ideas we just talked to lady loki who is excited to have new opinions come into her life and it's helping her navigate her entry into her kink journey and it it really is exciting and after all of these years of doing it i'm still so excited at the stuff we come up with, even 15 years into this shit, it's still an exciting playground, and I'm so glad that we're all here together doing it. And now, Path Girl. Yes, Boogie. You want to hear me sing like a girl? Sure. Good, because this is a demo song that I just wrote. <laughs> <laughs> and... And but it's cool, but it's supposed to be for a girl singer, like a nine, you know, like an alternative sound. And but I, I don't have a girl singer, so I just, you know, I just sing it myself, and I don't care anymore. So I want people to hear what I <laughs> have do. Have you ever cared? I die. 
Yeah, I do, but not really. So I'm just going to go ahead and go, hey, here's Boogie Wispy like a girl for you, our fine perverted podcast listeners. See you next show. Bye. There was a crooked bear. He wanted all the fish. He didn't want to share. They were his favorite dish. If you approach the river, he'd give you such a slap. He died alone, alone. Stepped in a bear trap. Silly pride is never like a fine wine. It never gets better, never better over time. Smoke and mirrors, your house will come undone. Your shadow.